Thank you so much for joining us at Remnant Church Podcast. We hope that you are encouraged by today's message. If you would like to know more or support this ministry, please go to remnantchurch.church. And now, the message from Pastor Caleb. Come on, can you give God a shout of praise? You may be seated this morning. Thank you so much for coming. Maybe you don't know what kind of church this is now that we've started. I would ask you to turn your cell phones off and, or at least on silent. That'd be fine. And keep the moving down to a minimum. Bailey, you can play softly behind me if you don't mind. What kind of church is this? I'm kind of confused. Uh, let me tell you what kind of church this is. This is a Jesus church. We preach one message and we build one kingdom by living, loving, and serving like Christ. And we do this with through relationship relationship with Christ relationship with each other and relationship with those in our community this is a Jesus church I said this is a Jesus church we don't preach denomination we don't preach religion we preach Jesus ain't that good because I have found one thing I ain't as old as some of you but I have found one thing there's only one thing that works there is only one thing that works and I've tried a lot of things but only one thing Say somebody say one thing. One thing works, and that's Jesus. And I am not ashamed. I'm, I done made my mind up. I am not ashamed of this one thing, this gospel. For it is the power of God unto salvation to everyone who believes today. So I want to welcome you to Remnant Church. I'm so glad you're here. You have come on a good Sunday. To be here. This is, we start a series that I've entitled Invisible, Invisible. This is the Invisible series. We're kicking off summer. Uh, school is out. And this is a time where church attendance normally drops off and, and people are doing their own thing. But I ain't, I ain't never wanted to be like everybody else. So I just, I refuse to believe that. I believe this summer. We're going to see increase in every area of this church, including in your home and in your family. I'm believing this is going to be, Jason, a summer of souls. I believe we're going to see more people come to Jesus this summer than we ever have in any summer of Remnant Church. This morning, I want to give you reason to shout as if you need a reason. I want, but I want to give you a reason to shout, a good reason. This morning, we had one person give their lives to Jesus Christ today. Accept Him as their Savior. And the Lord's doing a work in this family because the Lord saved His daughter at only around Easter. And now he, her dad has given his life to Jesus Christ. And friend, when, a, when the man, the high priest of the home, gives his house to gives his life to the Lord, it changes the trajectory of families for generations to come. And uh, so I'm super excited about that. So you've come at a good time. If you're a guest, we're glad to have you. I'm going to try to be done in 30 minutes. Now, I ain't no good at that. I'm going to be honest with you. But I want to respect your time, and I'm going to do my best to do that, to get you out here at a decent hour. But now, I can't help what the Holy Spirit does. And so when I sit down, shut up, and you just you do whatever you want to do. You can go home, but the Holy Ghost may want to do something in this house. And I'm okay with that. I'm okay with that, okay? But I won't preach. I'll try not to preach any longer. He wants me to. 
And uh, so you've come at a good time. This is the Invisible Series. Uh, we're going to be talking about the presence of God, unlocking the unseen power of God's presence in your life. And this first message I've entitled, You Can Have This House. Jesus, I mean it. You can have this house. If anything good happens today, it's because you're in charge. It's Jesus, you can have this house. Today I want you to turn to Mark chapter 2. Mark chapter 2. Mark chapter 2, verse 1. This is what it says. When he entered Capernaum again, that's important, underline that, I'm coming back to that. After some days it was reported that he was at home. Who was? Who are we talking about? Jesus. Jesus was at home. So many people gathered together that there was no more room. Not even in the doorway. That's important. I'd underline that. And he was speaking the word to them. And listen, when Jesus spoke, people listened. Because when he spoke, he spoke as one having authority. He spoke with power. He didn't speak like the other religious leaders. No, because he wasn't a religious leader. He was the son of the living God. So when he spoke, people listened. Things changed. I, I remember reading when he was on the boat with his disciples and there was a great storm that was raging and the ship looked like it was going to sink. It was Jesus who spoke to the wind and the waves and the thunder he said be quiet and the waves he said Shh, let's lay down and, and the lightning he told to cease and the disciples were amazed when the storm that had just blown in seemed to just dissipate and they thought what in the world I can't believe what I'm seeing and this is what they said what manner of man is this that even the winds and the waves obey him listen 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 when Jesus speaks things change so he was speaking the word to them I'd have liked to have been there hearing the word speak the word and they came to him bringing a paralyzed man carried by four of them. And since they were not able to bring him to Jesus, I hope you can see this in your mind, because of the crowd, the Bible says they took and they decided, we'll go through the roof. So they, they dug through it. And you say, dug through the roof? Wouldn't you cut through the roof? No, you would dig through this roof because this was what they call a thatch roof, which means they would put dirt and soil and, and, and then grass would grow. And, and so that's what that roof was made out of. They'd lay, they'd lay pieces of wood enough to hold the, the, the soil and the grass and, and that's how they insulated and kept the sun off of them and tried to stay warm at night. So they dug through it. And they lowered the mat on which the paralytic was lying, seeing their faith. Seeing their faith, Jesus told the paralyzed man, Son, your sin, listen now, your sins are forgiven. Now, this man was paralyzed. But more than having legs that can walk, he wanted, he wanted a mouth that could talk. And see, the biggest problem was Jesus didn't need another sinner walking around. He needed a man who had a testimony. I once was lost, but now I'm found. I once was blind, but now I can see. 
So he forgives him of his sins. And then some of the scribes, these are religious people, were sitting there questioning in their hearts, why does he speak like this? He blasphemes. He's a blasphemer. Who can forgive sins but God alone? Right away, Jesus perceived in his spirit that they were thinking like this within themselves. Stop just a minute. Jesus can read your mind. Uh-oh. What you been thinking about me right now? Some of y'all hungry. He's thinking. He, 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 he. Some of you thinking, I wish you'd hurry up. And the Lord can read your mind right now. Why does he speak like this? That's what they said. Right away, Jesus perceived in the spirit that they were thinking like this within themselves. And he said to them, why are you thinking these things in your hearts? Which is, it easy, which is easier, to say to the paralyzed man, your sins are forgiven, or to say, get up, take your mat, and walk? But so that you may know that the Son of Man has authority on earth to forgive sins, he told the paralyzed man, I tell you, get up, take your mat, and go home. Immediately he got up, took the mat, and went out in front of everyone. As a result... They were all astounded and gave glory to God, saying, Listen now. Thank you, Bailey. We've never seen anything like this. Oh, I have, I have been praying. I have been believing. I have even been fasting, believing that that will become our post, that that will become the next tweet that that will become the next snap that is chatted I have never seen anything like this I need somebody to help me now I'm not going to preach in a quiet church I am just not going to do it I have never seen anything like this I don't know well what happened what happened what did the pastor what did the, did the pastor have a new suit on what was it no 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 you just have to experience it to believe it I just can't tell you I've never seen anything like that I've never seen the miracles that I've seen I've never seen the amount of people getting saved that I've seen I mean so and so got saved and I didn't think so and so could ever get saved I've never seen anything like this that preacher that bald-headed preacher he's been preaching like I ain't never seen anybody preach he's preaching like like he's heard something from another country. Like he's been to another place. That he spent time with somebody higher than the president. Yeah. I'm believing. I'm believing it, Talia. I'm believing it, Brother Jason. I'm believing that we're going to, our testimony is going to be, I have never seen anything. Do you need to see a God? Do you need to experience a move of God like that? Some of you don't. That's your problem. And you never will. But I've become a desperate man. The older I get, the more desperate I get. The older I get, the more hungrier I get. The older I get, the more I consider what I know to be dung. What I consider what I thought was the right way is the wrong way. What I'm understanding is strength comes in desperation. And I will stand before you right now, Andy, and tell you I ain't got it all together. But I'm chasing a man named Jesus. I am going to pursue a man named Jesus. I'm going to run after a man named Jesus until I can say I've never seen anything like this. Now, 
Bible says in Mark chapter 2, verse 1. Now, you see the picture, right? Jesus has come to this house. You're going to find out this is probably Peter's house. Because Jesus didn't have no house. And I'll, I'll read you some scripture about that in just a minute. But this is probably Peter's house. And in this house, he comes and he to this house and he begins to preach. Well, a crowd is gathers. First thing I want you to see here is in verse 1. It says, and when he entered Capernaum again. That word, I'm not no genius, but if I see that word again, it makes me want to believe that he had been there, come on now, before. He had been there before. Jesus had been, we know, to Capernaum before because we read it in Mark chapter 1. Mark chapter 1, the Bible says that Jesus went to Capernaum and he healed Peter's mother-in-law. She was sick with the fever and, and he laid hands on her. Somebody say, somebody said Peter's really saved, y'all, because he wanted to see his mother-in-law healed. I don't know about that. I don't know about that. I got a wonderful mother-in-law. If she's watching today, she's the best mother-in-law in the world. <laughs> we know that he healed, Jesus did there in Capernaum. He healed Peter's mother-in-law. We also read, it's right here in Mark chapter 31, uh, uh, verse, uh, Mark chapter 1, verse 31. It says, so he went up, took her by the hand, raised her up. This is the mother-in-law. The fever left her. She began to serve them. And then verse 32 says, and when evening came, after the sun had set, here in Peter's house, they brought to him all those who were sick and demon-possessed. And the whole town was assembled at the door. And he healed many who were sick with various diseases and drove out many demons. So what I'm saying is this. He had been there before. He had done it once he had done it then and, and, and here he is again and I don't know if that means anything to you but what it means to me is this if he done it before he'll do it again I need to tell somebody right now he is the God of again and again I know some about somebody in here saying you know well 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 you know God done this in my life you know in that season and I just don't know you know if God really wants to use me anymore I need to prophesy I need to tell somebody right now if he done it before he'll do it again. Somebody shout, he's the God of again. Come on, somebody shout, he's the God of again. He's the God of again and again. I think, I think, I don't know, but maybe that's why Paul said, rejoice. And again, I say, rejoice. Well, I'm about to shout now. I'm about to just loosen up now, Josh. You ain't going to get offended, are you? You ain't going to get offended? Well, then I'm going to go ahead, if you don't mind, I'm going to go ahead and let God have his way today. I believe God is a God of again and again. Therefore, I'm going to rejoice, and again, I'm going to rejoice. I know I've been rejoicing today, but that was for what God done yesterday. I ain't even got started to rejoice about what God is going to do today. Anybody in here know what I'm talking about? He's the God of again and again. Therefore, I'm going to rejoice, and I'm going to rejoice again. 
I'm going to re- why, 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 why am I going to rejoice and celebrate and, and rejoice in the fact that God is a God of again and again? Listen, I know. Listen, let me tell you what the demon said. Mark chapter 1, go back. Let me finish. I didn't, I didn't, I didn't finish reading it. Verse 34, chapter 1, verse 34. It said, And he healed many who were sick with various diseases and drove out many demons. You see that? And I left this part out. And he would not permit the demons to speak because they, they knew him. See, Jesus couldn't let everybody, he didn't want the secret out at this time that he was the son of the living God. It just wasn't time yet. There was a perfect time, and that wasn't the time. And so the people didn't really know who he was. But can I tell you something? They some years went by now, and I know who he is. I know him to be the son. I got anybody going to help me preach today. I know him to be the son. He ain't just a teacher. He's not just some religious leader. I know him to be the son of of the living God. And this is what the Bible says in Revelation 1 chapter 8. They didn't have it, but I got it now. I got the back of the book. And I read in Revelation chapter 1 verse 8, Jesus said of himself, I am the Alpha and I am the Omega. I am the one who is, the one who was, and the one who is to come. Now I could shout on that all day long, but this is what I want you to know. This is what I want you to know. The Bible says he, he is the one who is right now. Presently, See, I need to tell you that because some of you got a problem right now. Some of you are in a mess right now. Some of you are dealing with grief right now. Some of you feel like you're about to crack right now. But I got good news to tell you. He is the God of right now. Yeah, 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 yeah. I come to tell you, he's the God of your right now situation. He's the God who is. But I got good news to tell you. He's the God of again and again. Not only is he the God who is, he's the God who was. I need to remind some of you, you did not get here on your own. Why are y'all looking at me so sad? Who made y'all come to church today? Did somebody make y'all come? I got somebody out there making y'all come to church. The God, the Bible says he's the God who is, but he also says he's the God who was. Let me help you today. You did not get here by yourself. You did not get through all you done got through without God. You did not come this far without Jesus Christ. Some of you many times have said, I don't know how I'm going to make it. How many said that? I don't know what I'm going to do. I don't think it's going to work this time. I don't know how I'm going to get, but somebody look around. There's a bunch of testimonies in this house today. The way you got to where you're at. Yeah, the way you got to where you're at, how you got here today is because of God who was. Huh? The God who was brought you to the God who is now. But he ain't just the God who was. And he ain't just the God who is now. But he is also the God who is to come. See, what I'm trying to tell you is he's the God of your history, but he's also the God of your destiny. Mm -hmm. Let me say it like this. There is more in store. 
Kevin, there's more in store. God's promises are not going to come back without producing what he said he was going to produce. Uh, I heard somebody say it like this the other day. Somebody's lying. There's a liar up in here. And it ain't God. I said somebody's lying. Somebody's been talking in your ear. Somebody's getting, trying to get you to doubt and fear and believe something that God has not promised you. But can I tell you there is a liar and it ain't God. Somebody's lying and it ain't him. Uh-uh. He's the God who was. He's the God who is. And he is the God who is, say it, to come. Therefore, he's the God of again and again and again and again. Anybody's faith building today? And again. Well, I've been through hell, but you got through it. I've been through sickness, but it got me through it. I had faced devil and doubt and, and discouragement, but God got me through it. He's the God of again and again. And I've seen God do amazing things, but God isn't out of doing amazing things. He's not run out of miraculous power. He's not run out of mountain-moving power. He's not run out of miraculous miraculous power. Can I tell you he is the restore. If he restored then, he's going to restore now and restoration is in my future. Can I tell you something? He is the God of again and again. So therefore I'm going to rejoice and again rejoice. Mm, I got a song in my heart. I got a shout if I could get my knee to work. I got a shout. I got a shout in my feet. I got a message in my mouth because I know I serve a God who is the God of again and again. Let me tell you something. Now I'm preaching to myself. I have seen God do miraculous things in this house. I have seen God do amazing things in this house. But listen, I've got to get to a place where I forget what God has done and remember that God is a God of greater and he's getting ready to do amazing things again, again. Preach, preacher. He's the God of again and again. Now, verse 2 says, So many people gathered together that there was no more room, not even in the doorway. And he was speaking to them. And it was so crowded. Now I'm talking about the presence of God. It was so crowded that they had to take this man, this paralyzed man, and drop him through the roof. There were so many people gathered together. See, what you've got to understand is when you get Jesus in the house, and I need Jesus in this house, you need Jesus in this house, your family needs us to have Jesus in this house. There is a lost and dying world out there who doesn't need religion. They need Jesus in a house. See, listen, if you put up a sign and you call yourself a church, 
You better understand there isn't no church without the head of the church, and his name is Jesus. And so, so we have to have Jesus in the house. And what I've found out about the presence of Jesus, when you get Jesus in the house, that he attracts people. There is a magnetic attraction to the presence of Jesus. See, there were three types of people at this house. Three types of people. There were the hungry. There were the hurting. And then there were some hypocrites. See, when you get Jesus in the house, you can expect a crowd. Like metal to a magnet, they're going to come. Who were the hungry? Well, I look at this story here, and I see four friends who got a paralyzed man. The paralyzed man didn't say, hey, come to my house, did it? Did they? Did he? No. The Bible says they came to his house, and they loaded him up. He didn't say, hey, drop me through the roof. No, that's an idea they came up with. See, when you get Jesus in the house, you're going to have hungry people. And I am the chief hungriest. And if I ain't hungry, you ain't going to be hungry. If I get up here, some of these preachers make me sick to my stomach. The worship's going, you know what they're doing? They're sitting down with their legs crossed and their church socks showing. <laughs> Y'all know who I'm talking about. And the worship team's up here, and they're praising the Lord, and they're just sitting there like they're putting them on a concert. And then they want to strut up here to the front and come up here and then open their mouth, and then we're all supposed to just, whoo, whoa. They ain't hungry. They're full of themselves. Church, we got to be hungry for the presence of God. And it starts right up here. And it starts right up here with me. Let me tell you what I'm trying to say. When you see me get in line, get in line. When you see me worshiping, worship. When you see me praising God, pray. Don't get back there and hold a daggum conversation while the worship's going on. Shut your mouth. Shut up. Lift your hands and give God praise. This ain't the Elks Lodge or the, or the YMCA gym morning club. This ain't Hardee's in the morning. This ain't the senior citizen coffee at McDonald's corner. This is a house where we worship Almighty God, where we lift up hands without wrath, where we open our mouth and give Him praise. There were three types of people. There were hungry people. And let me tell you, out of these three, there's two types of people that Jesus is hungry for, that Jesus is attracted for, uh, attra attracted to. He's attracted to the hungry. Give me some Bible for that. I will. The Bible says that he came. Jesus said, I have come to seek and se se look. He's seeking. Seeking, looking for those which are lost. When you get Jesus in the house, don't be mad when people show up. Don't be mad when they take your seat. 
Don't be mad. Don't you? We don't need no. You sure? We don't need no bozo. Standing at the door, checking everybody. I wonder if they should be here or not. I wonder what they do. I wonder how they've been living. I, don't, I wonder if they belong here. I wonder what kind of people they are. I wonder if they've got money. I wonder, I, wonder, I wonder if you would ever open up, if you would open up your mind and hear what I'm preaching and shut your mouth long enough to understand this ain't, about pe- this ain't about me and what I think or what you think. This is about what God thinks. This is about what God wants. I want what God wants more than what I want. And I listen, I'm going to spend enough time with God that what he wants becomes what I want. And let me tell you something. When you get Jesus in the house, don't be upset when all kind of people start coming. When the, when, the, when the drunks come, when the alcoholics come, when the drug addicts come, when the broken people come, that's what the church is for. The Bible says he's here for the hurting. He comes to seek and save that which is lost. He's attracted to the hurting, y'all. He's attracted to the hurting. He's attracted to the hungry. How do I know that? The woman at the well. He told the woman at the well, he said, A time is coming and now has come when the true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and in truth. For they are the kind of worship that the Father seeks. Listen to me now. In this crowd of people that was in that house that day, there were hungry people. Who were the hungry people? The hungry people were those four men. They said, I'll do whatever I got to do to get to Jesus, and I'll take this paralyzed man with me. If we got to go through the roof, we'll go through the roof. And the Bible says, listen, if you're hungry for the Lord and you're seeking him, here's good news, y'all. He's seeking you. For they are the kind of worshipers that the Father seeks. As if you're seeking and pursuing after God, you're going to run into him. You're going, to get, you're going to get him because you're looking for him and he's looking for you. He's attracted to the hurting. Who was the hurting? The hurting was the paralyzed man. He didn't even think he needed Jesus, y'all. He didn't say, get me up, put me up on the roof. No, that was the hungry people. This man thought, you know what? I'll settle for the condition I'm in. He was hurting. He was broken. But the Bible says Jesus is attracted to hurting and broken people. See, he came to seek. There, we go. There, it is. there it is again. He's looking for the broken. He's looking for the hurt. I'm so glad he found me. I'm so glad I found him. In my efforts seeking him, he was seeking me. And we collided. My desperation with his grace collided. And he made something out of me, a brand new creation. Somebody that I tried to be. I, had, I wanted to be a better person. I wanted to do good. But I couldn't do good with how I was and the state I was in. But his grace and his love and his mercy collided with my desperation. And a new creation was made. Not only were there hungry people here and hurting people here, you know who else was here? The hypocrites. Who were the hypocrites? Those were the people who said, who does Jesus think he is? Verse 6. Who does he think he is? 
Why does he speak like this? He's blaspheming. Who can forgive sins but God alone? You know, I've heard people say, y'all said it. I don't want to go to church with a bunch of hypocrites. Haven't you said that? Who's ever said Who said that? Raise your hand. I don't want to go to a bunch of, a church with a bunch of hypocrites. I do. I want to. I want to go to church with a bunch of hypocrites. I want to go to church with a bunch of hypocrites. Why? Because wherever Jesus was, there was always hypocrites that followed him. These same people, they didn't, this wasn't the one time they showed up. Every time Jesus was preaching and performing miracles, there was a group of these people. See, I rejoice when I see hypocrites because that lets me know Jesus is in the house. Jesus is in the house. When I see hurting people, Jesus is in the house. When I see hungry people, Jesus is in the house. And when I see that group of hypocrites who say, I just don't think you ought to do it that way. And they point their fingers at you and they say, I don't think those people are in the spirit. I just don't think all that jumping and shouting. I say, oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah. Jesus must be in the house. You know why? Because hypocrites won't get upset if he ain't. Will they? They won't have nothing to complain about. Hmm. Jesus will draw the hurting. He'll draw the hungry. And he'll draw the hypocrites. Some people wonder, well, whose house was this? We read that Jesus was in the house. I told you I believe it to be Peter's house. Because that's where he was at in chapter 1. And then again he came. And, and we're told by Jesus he didn't have a house. Oh man. I just had a thought. He's looking for somewhere to live. And he inhabits. Oh! He's look, see, the Bible says in Matthew, I think it's chapter 8. In Matthew chapter 8, he says, Foxes have holes, birds have nests, but the Son of Man has nowhere to lay his head. See, he didn't have a house of his own. He's looking for a house. I said, He's looking for a house. And then the writer, I think it was David, said, He inhabits the praises of Israel. That's God's chosen people. He inhabits the praises, therefore, of his people. So if he doesn't have, if I was a note taker, I'd be taking notes right now. If he doesn't have a place to live, then he's looking for hungry people. And he's looking for lost people. And he's looking for a place to abide and abode, find an abode to abide in. Do you understand what I'm saying? He's looking for a house. And he inhabits the praises of his people. Is there anybody in this quiet church who would build a house I said who would build a house y'all don't get it y'all about to make me lose my mind in here who will build a house y'all sitting here just like this 
ain't they? They look stupider than this. I can't get as sad as some of y'all look. I don't know if y'all just don't get it or if y'all just don't care. The Bible says he don't have a house. But he's looking for a house. And the Bible says he'll inhabit. Uh, maybe that word's too big. Maybe that's the problem. Let me break it down. I just learned the word, by the way. So don't think about it. He'll come in. In habit, in your habitat. <laughs> you know, let me help you. Ducks have a habitat. Frogs have a habitat. It's a, it's in the it's in the swamp. It's around water, and the Bible says he'll come in to your habitat. If you'll build him a house. Hey. That's it. How do you build a house? How do you build a house? You build a house with praise. 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 You know, oh, you don't want him to go to your house. Come to my house. Come to my house. He, is, he inhabits the praises of his people. He was in Peter's house. I don't know what kind of conversation they had. Let me tell you something. I, I read the other day where, where they found, they think they found Peter's house. A couple, several years ago, they think they dug it up. Now, I don't know nothing about that. I don't know if they did. I don't know how they would know. And it don't really mean anything to me. If the Bible said Peter had a house, he had a house. What I know about this, though, is Peter was no rich man. Peter had an extremely typical, extraordinarily ordinary, small, probably drafty, thatched roof, uh, no special features, no crown molding, no baseboard to speak of. There was no hardwood floors in this house. It was linoleum. You understand what I'm saying? <laughs> This was no house that stood out. It didn't have cute dormers, Holly, on the top of the house. Like you like, no dormers. They had no dormers on this house. There was no shiplap on this house. Hear me, son. This was not shabby chic. There was no gold in this house. It was an ordinary, basic, extremely typical house. But... When Jesus had an opportunity, or when Peter had the opportunity to host Jesus, this, I, let me, this house didn't stand out in the neighborhood. 
No, 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 no. This was an ordinary house, Brother Mark. But when Peter had the opportunity to host Jesus, the house would become a home to the miraculous. Well, I, I, I don't know, I don't know, I don't know. I don't know what happened here. I, I don't know if when Jesus had to go, I, I don't know if Jesus, uh, Peter and his wife and his mother-in-law, I don't know what happened. I know what I would do. And maybe this happened. Jesus is getting ready to go and he, he, could, he could have stayed at somebody else's house. But I know Peter, what I've read about him, he didn't mind speaking his mind. He was the one who cut the ear off the soldier. Remember that? By the way, he wasn't trying to cut his ear off. He was trying to cut his head off. He just got his ear. This man was bold. And I don't know, but I just think maybe he come over here. He went to the, that typical ordinary, back at the back of that typical ordinary house. And he went in the filing cabinet. He was, got through the files and he got the deed to the house. He said, Jesus, now I told you this ain't in the Bible. I don't know. You're going to have to just let me go with this one. <laughs> the spirit of it is in the text. I, I got this deed right here, uh, Jesus. Listen, this house is boring when you ain't here. There ain't nothing going on in this house. My wife is moody when you ain't here. Not my wife. No, I'm Peter now. I'm, I'm Peter, babe. No, 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 no. I'm Peter. No, 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 no. I'm Peter. No, no, we, we're pretending. Stretch your hands this way. Stretch your hands that way. Bind and rebuke. Listen. <clears throat> it's boring in this house. Ain't nothing going on in this house. But Jesus, when you come, everything's different. Jesus, there ain't nobody knocking on the doors when you ain't here. But when you're here, I, can, I, I ain't got enough furniture to hold everybody that wants to come in. I wake up and there's miracles going on. I go to bed, and there's miracles going on. God, every time you come to this house, something amazing. Can I get a witness in the house? Something amazing happens. Well, what I'm trying to say, Lord, is I got the deed right here. We can go down to the lawyer's office. What I'm trying to say, Jesus, you... If you would, hear me now. This has got to be the heart of us today. If you would, Jesus, if you think it'd be all right, what I'm trying to say is, you can have. You can have. Everything I got, everything in it, all my dreams, all my plans, Jesus, you can have. This house. Jesus, 
you can have this house. Church, lift up your hands right where you are. If that's your prayer, would you open up your mouth and begin to tell him, Jesus, you can have, you can have this house. Now make it personal. You can have my house. See, the Bible says with every hand raised right now, the Bible says that he don't dwell in temples made with hands. <laughs> but he's made a house. You're the house. Would you tell Jesus today with hands lifted? Would you tell him today? Would you tell him today, Jesus? You can have. You can have this house. 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 Everything in it. All my plans. All my dreams. Every closet. Every place I've hidden things away. You can have it. I've cluttered it up, but God, it's yours. It belongs to you. Church online, tell him, you can have my house. You can have my house. Musicians and singers come. You can have this house. You can have everything in it. I want to host you in this house. Stand with me all across the building. You can have this house. Is, any, is, that, is that resonating in anybody's spirit right now or just mine? Huh? You can have this house. You can have this house. You can have this house. What a mess some of us have made trying to be the Lord of our own house. Neglect. And I, I feel the Spirit of the Lord and I would ask you to be so reverent right now to the Holy Spirit. Some of you need to have a house cleaning. The Lord's saying, I want your house, but you're going to have to let me have every room. Every room, every closet, every junk drawer, every, every part of the house, you're going to have to give it to me. You can have this house. Yeah. You can have this house. You make it personal, you can have this house. But as the pastor of this church, I want to have, have a business meeting right now. I'm calling this thing to, I don't care if you're a visitor. I don't care if you ever walked in. This, this is the first place you've ever been in. We are now in a business meeting. We're in a board meeting now. We ain't taking no vote. And there ain't nothing up for debate either. There's only one thing on the docket. Billy, 
and I done made up my mind. I just came to declare and decree and let you know. Jesus, I know what name's on the deed. I know the guarantors. But I just want to get one thing clear, get it out on the table. Jesus, this is your house. This is your house. This is a house for the hurting. This is a house for the broken. This is a house for the hurting. Jesus, this ain't your house. This ain't your stage. This ain't my stage. That ain't your booth. This ain't your positions. This is his house. Hey, hear me good. His house, his rules. He rules this house. And if he's the Lord of the house, get ready. I said, get ready. Jesus, you can have this house. But pastor, I I get uncomfortable when the spirit starts moving. Jesus, you can have this house. Yeah, but 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 pastor, uh, you know, certain people aren't going to come if you uh Jesus, what I say, Jesus, you can have this house. Oh, but but I like to know exactly what's going to happen in every service. What I tell you, this is Jesus' house. Jesus, you can have this house. Well, but, Pastor, I meant to tell you, <laughs> um, lately, um, mm, I have noticed that there are some people here who, uh, I don't know how to say this, uh, they smell like cigarettes, um, Alcohol. This one guy smelled alcohol in his breath. And I think, I think the other day, Pastor, I think I smelled reefer. <laughs> right over here, I started praying over the whole area that the spirit of reefer wouldn't get on me. Jesus, you can have this house. Listen, what am I saying? What I'm saying is this. When you get Jesus in the house, you can't stop 
who's going to come in. 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 The house. No matter what they look like. No matter where they've been. No matter where, what they've been through. No matter how long they've done it. And no matter who they've done it with. If you say you want Jesus in the house. Are, are you still there? You want him? You want him? You want him? Who wants Jesus in this house? Hey, then you don't get to have no say-so in who God brings in this house. Ah. So this is what I want you. Listen, sin don't intimidate me because it don't intimidate God. Possess, oppress, bound, it don't matter. Jesus is in this house. And if Jesus is in the house, he'll change everything. He'll mend the broken. He'll heal the hurting. Hey, let me tell you what he'll do. He'll deliver the hypocrite. He'll bring the hypocrite to his knees. There's one mistake, and I'm fixing to let you go. There's one mistake I found. I don't know who the ushers were in Peter's house that day. I don't know Pastor Michael who was serving as connectors that day. But let me tell you something. They let the door get crowded. The Bible says, since they were not able to bring him to Jesus because of the crowd, and the doors were crowded. I don't know who was supposed to be keeping control of the flow of traffic. But they done something they shouldn't have done. They let the door get crowded. See, listen, I can enjoy the presence of God. But hear me now. Hear me, church. Here we, here's our responsibility. We have got to keep the door open. What I'm trying to say is we've got to make sure that the presence of God is, a, is accessible. Do you get what I'm saying? Is accessible to others. To the hurting, to the hypocrite, to the broken. We can't just enjoy the presence by ourselves. Just We got to make sure we present the door. I got good news. We ain't got to change one thing, Josh. You know why? Because the Bible says in John chapter 10, verse 19, Jesus says this about himself. I am the door. I am the door. See, what we've got to do is keep the door in front of people. You can enjoy what I'm enjoying. You can live in the presence of God like I'm living in it. You just got to walk through the door. Today, this big old tall man He's tall. Lewis, move that chair for me. He's a big old man. I don't know who, I don't know how tall he is. Probably 6'5". Maybe not quite that tall. Manly. When I gave the altar call, he was the first one. He shot his hand up. I said, church, if you've seen somebody raise their hand, go up to him. He didn't have no shame, my. Mm -mm. 
he got up there like he was walk. He was ready to walk through the door. He was tired of me having a good time all by myself. He was tired of being left out of the party. He walked through that door today. Let me tell you something. Sin separated us from the presence of God. You could not get to God's presence. But at the right time, the Bible says, God gave His Son Jesus in the fullness of time. At the right time, He gave His Son Jesus. And His Jesus came to die for us and instead of us on a cross. We had the law which we couldn't keep. Therefore, we kept on sinning, 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 which brought separation between us and God. But God had a plan, and His plan had a name, and His name was Jesus. And Jesus died on a cross. And the Bible says when Jesus died, He bore all of our sin. So all of our sin died with Him when He died on the cross. And something amazing happened, and I'm trying to hurry. But when He died on that cross, he, before He died, He said, It is finished. And when he did, you know what he done? He created a door. There was a veil about that thick that separated man from the presence of God. But when Jesus died, the Bible says, from the top of that veil to the bottom. See, that's for everybody. I don't care if you think you're on the top or if you think you're on the bottom. It started and it ripped from the top to the bottom. And it opened up a way into the presence of God. Jesus said, I am that way. I am the truth. I am life. And if you come to me, you'll get to God. So what I'm saying is this. If you're ready to trade all your shame... Because, see, the Bible says in the presence of God, there's fullness of joy. Joy. Unspeakable. You can't, you can't figure it out. Full of joy. If you're ready to trade your sickness, your shame, your guilt, your sin, if you've been trying to do it but you can't do it, join the club. I couldn't either. I wanted to be a better person. Couldn't do it. Wanted to get victory over vices in my life. Couldn't do it. Until I walked through the door. Y'all, and this door is open today. And on the other side of this door, well, would he accept me? What are you talking about? While you were yet a sinner, before you ever thought about this moment and this day, Christ died for you. We hope that you're encouraged by today's message. If you were, please feel free to share on social media, subscribe, or leave us a review. We can't wait for you to join us here again.